And welcome to the first Creative Noggin podcast. This is a place where we discuss agency news, marketing, and advertising industry trends and interview our in-house experts. I'm Heather Rosenquist, a social media and communications specialist with Creative Noggin. And today I'll be talking with Sarah Snyder Castaneda, one of our digital marketing experts with a specialization in local search and Google My Business. First, did I say your last name right? Sort of pretty, pretty darn close. About as good as I get it. Castaneda. Castaneda. Okay, perfect. So Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you interested and passionate about search? Absolutely. So in a past life, I was a journalist and my core competency was writing and researching and um, the, the print industry was starting to take a turn. So I was looking for other career opportunities. Sure. And, um, I got into digital writing, originally search engine optimization, which back at that time you could keyword up an article and all of a sudden it's number one. Yeah, look at so, that. Yay. So that's kind of how I got started and then it evolved. And now, um, I'm more of a digital, digital media specialist. So it's more of a holistic specialty where it's, a lot of different things that touch the online presence. Right. Very yeah. cool. All right, Sarah. Um, most agencies will say content is king. You know, content is everything. Is that something you agree with? And if so, why or why not? It depends on what you're calling content. Um, I would advocate the caveat that useful content is king. Sure. And it also depends on um, what you're what, what you mean by content, because um if you're just writing a bunch of articles and keywording them up, I don't think you're bringing a lot of value to your customers. But if you're creating um, really good information, no matter the medium, whether it's writing or video or podcasting, as long as you're being useful to your end user, then I think it's great. But I think sometimes that expression gets bastardized and all of a sudden it's like, let's just write all the things and right. we can check off that box and move on. And right. it really doesn't work that way. Yeah. So like with anything, it has to be meaningful and, you know, appropriate. Right. Okay. Um, so in general, do you think businesses pay enough attention to the role search plays in their success? I think it's gotten a lot better over the past decade. I got into the search space in around, I want to say, oh, nine officially. And so it's gotten a lot better since then. Um there are definitely companies that still have a lot to gain from exploring that space and mm-hmm. they, they may not be maximizing it as much as they can. But um, I guess to answer your question, um, I think it's a lot more mainstream than it was, but there's still a lot of room for businesses to grow. Right. So um, with your experience at Creative Noggin, would you say that uh, when you came, when you came on board, uh, did you feel like clients, our clients were already um, doing what they could with search or there was some, area for improvement or what were your general thoughts? Well, I noticed a a lot of low hanging fruit, but that for all of our clients, I would say that the meat and the bones are there, which Mm -hmm. is usually the hard part. Usually you get these companies and, um, in in my past, you'll, you'll have, um, really great SEO strategy and really great plans, but unless you have the goods to back it up, it's really hard to, um, do the things you need to do to, to get online presence maximized. But with the clients we have, I mean, they, they make our job easy because they're good at what they do and they have a lot of good um, stuff for us to work with. Awesome. 
Um, so I was wondering, you know, you hear a lot about voice search. Can you explain why that's so important? Absolutely. Um, voice search is going to be the new way people use the Internet. If you aren't already using voice search, uh, it's going to become more and more um, part of your daily routine. And it's something as a, as a personal voice user that I, I never really thought I was going to get into it. And mm-hmm. I was one of the latest adopters of like using voice search on my phone. Like it's not really something that interests me. But uh, we got a couple of devices, one when I had my baby and another as a gift of some sort. But we ended up with um, both an Echo Dot and a Google Home. And I'm telling you, once we started using it, I don't know what I did before them. Right. No. And you have to be careful because you'll set one off at the house if you, <laughs> if you say it by name. Yeah. But yeah. It's amazing how quickly it becomes such an important part of your life. And I predominantly use it for music and it's just so much easier. I can just call up, you know, whatever it is I want to listen to and it's right there. So I love it for that reason and for grocery lists and all kinds of things. By the way, if you're in the audience and you hear some groaning, I am not, you know, uh, holding Sarah down or anything. I've got, <laughs> I've got a dog that is in here as well. So that's what you're hearing. I uh, just wanted to make that clear. Um, Okay, well, also tell me about Google Posts. What are they, number one, and how can they be leveraged? Awesome. So, yeah, um, so first I'll, I'll say that Google My Business is basically your quote-unquote yellow pages listing for Google. It's Google's directory listing of you, but it's so much more than that. Over the years, they have built out this business listing into a very robust location where you as a business owner – can increase your visibility and get your customers to do what you need them to do from this place. And it shows up in map searches. It shows up in just good old Google searches. And so it's really important to maximize this space. And that's where Google posts come in. It's kind of a social media feature, but not really. You're not interacting with it, but you're just posting. And one post lasts once a week and you're posting something and it could be a promotion. It could be an interesting fact. But what you're doing is you're attracting eyes to that part of the screen. And I know a lot of people use it for review excerpts. Like you might find a really dynamite review and you want to bring attention to mm-hmm. it because it's buried in the review section. Sure. Like, oh, look what Gloria said about our restaurant. She thinks, you know, our chips are amazing. And you want, you want that to be the first thing people see when they're Googling like tortilla chips. And if they want to go get the best chips in town, you know, you want to be able to have a Google post that's highlighting what you want to highlight. Awesome. So is that like same rule applies um, with images Are images more effective in the Google post? Do you, do all of them come with images or you can, can you monitor it and, and edit it the way that you want? It's pretty much what you want it to be. Um, and in this area, I recommend testing. I've been testing really eye-catching images, but also this is very basic, but just a colored screen with your phone number or call to action. Call now, blah, blah, blah. And um, especially if you add tracking numbers to that, it's like a one-two punch. You're calling attention to the phone number. Oh, right. And you're measuring those calls. And that could be very effective for measuring your results when you're investing in your marketing efforts. Okay, that's really smart. Um, it doesn't support video at this point, though, right? No. No. Is that something you think it would come, or is that just too involved? I'm not really sure, because they, they, 
the search results page has always seemed pretty conservative. Mm -hmm. They don't play around as much as Facebook. I know Facebook just unveiled a, like a animated Facebook ad. Right. You know, like, Right. Google doesn't do stuff like that with their SERPs because it's more of like an informational sure. resource. But that would be cool to see. I mean, it would definitely break up yeah. the noise. Yeah. It, would, it would be very eye-catching, but I don't know that they would ever go that far. Or if that's on the horizon. Fair yeah. enough. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about Google Q&A. Mm -hmm. So it can either be a business's best friend or a complete nightmare. Um, we give our listeners a cautionary tale that you you had explained one back a couple of days ago. So I just wanted oh, yeah. to talk about that. So yeah, I was recently at an event called Local U and uh, Mike Blumenthal, who is the leading Google My Business expert, um, he told us an incredible tale. Um, he looks at these Q&As all the time mm -hmm. and he studies this stuff pretty deeply. And one of the most extreme examples of a branding nightmare was... Um, it was a certain retail location and someone had asked, is this location racist? Do you guys feel like it's racist? Oh, wow. And so all these people are discussing, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, that, you know, and the, the thing is, you just don't want those conversations happening on your branding material. Absolutely. And so you want to make sure, you know, when people are talking about your business, you're there and that you're, you're leading the conversation and that you're a part of the conversation. Yeah. So did someone just stumble up upon that conversation uh, about their brand and then have a complete panic meltdown, I guess? Probably. Yeah. I never got the end of that story. There's no resolution on that story. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't get that part of it, but I could imagine there were probably some conversations that happened. Sure. And there's probably a protocol now, which I recommend all businesses have some sort of protocol. Yeah. I mean, that's scary because on the social media end, if, you know, I'm posting to Facebook or, and I have people that are commenting on our page, there's a monitor, you know, I can say, yeah, I'll go ahead and let that on, on the page or I won't. So, I mean, these conversations on Google Q and A are happening without people's knowledge unless they know to check it. Exactly. Right. And they recently, and when I say recently, like in the past month or two, okay. Um, they launched email notifications. So that's uh, smart. If you are managing that location, you will get an email now, but this just, rolled out recently. So yes, before that feature rolled out, it's like the wild west, you it, know, people were just saying whatever. It, yeah. It's pretty scary. Yeah. That is kind of scary. All right. So, uh, definitely check your Google, Google Q and a, if, uh, you own a, a business. Um, so one thing that was a little bit new to me, this is your wheelhouse. Um, so every business has a branded homepage on Google whether they're aware of it or not. So will you share with the listeners what they are and why they're important? Yeah. So um, the whole concept of a branded homepage is something else I, I took with me from my local U session in April. Mm -hmm. And it, it's something the folks at local U came up with. And there's actually a, a tool that you can go do this with, but it's basically taking your business name and then the city that you're located in and doing a Google search for it and just seeing what pops up. And um, there, there's all kinds of features you want to look at. You want to look at pictures. You want to look at reviews. You mm -hmm. want to, and, and this is all over at their tool. We could maybe put it in the show notes, but it's really sure. cool. They have like a, um, when I was there, they had a rubric and we went down and graded each page. And now there's actually a tool. So all you have to do is use the tool and it'll spit out the results. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you have an example of someone that does that really well? The 
branded homepage or? Um, yeah. So, so my, back to Mike Blumenthal, uh-huh. um, he actually, um, uses Barbara Oliver jewelry as a client of his. Okay. And, um, he uses her stuff for a lot of testing and stuff, but I always know that if Barbara Oliver jewelry is doing it this way, then it's probably a good way of doing it because it's Mike Blumenthal's client. Right. (laughs) So if I ever am in doubt about something and I'm like, well, what's Mike doing with this client? I'll kind of see what Mike's doing and it helps inform my decision. Mike Blumenthal is not paying Sarah right now. (laughs) Right. This (laughs) this podcast is not sponsored by Mike Blumenthal. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, and okay, just one last question because I know you've, sure. you've got a meeting to head off to. Yeah. Um, you were telling me earlier about some of the exciting things one of our clients, Pico Propane and Fuels, is doing um, with our recommendation. Um, you know, with their ability to track leads and all that. Yeah. Um, we explain that to the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back to the call tracking thing I was explaining earlier. Yeah. So what we did, and I recommend this for anyone Mm. who considers phone calls an important lead, um, to go with a a call tracking tool. And, um, again, not a sponsor, but call rail, (laughs) call rail is our favorite weapon of choice. Okay. And that's a bit redundant weapon of choice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and I'll tell you why it's because phone calls, Currently, unless you have a tracking number, they're only tracked if they get clicked on and there's a lot of weird back end stuff that's going on. And you never really know like how many of these are real phone calls or how many of these are. It's just there's a lot of cloudiness. And so when you buy these numbers, um, not only do you know what the numbers are, you know where they're coming from. If you have a billboard or a newspaper, you can track that. If you have a Google My Business listing, which is my favorite application, uh-huh. you can use that. And that's something we did with Pico Propane is we used all their, we used tracking numbers for all their Google My Business listings. And so we were able to get very specific data. And because the number was dedicated to Google My Business listings and we were recording the phone calls, we could get user personas based on the medium with which they came. That's awesome and so yeah. helpful. I Very mean, helpful. yeah, back in the day, it was hard to sort of prove, um, you know, an agency's effectiveness if, mm-hmm. unless, you know, if you're doing outdoor boards and you had one number at one location and another number at another location. I mean, I know that's very old school, but this helps us, you know, proof of um, effectiveness you know, with our clients to be able to say, nope, these are how many people called and this is where they were calling from. And then, you know, to use that particular, you know, medium next time. So that's awesome. Absolutely. Especially when you really drill down a location, something I've noticed in pay-per-click advertising is each each city is kind of its own animal. Sure. And so you'll have some locations that are more interested in a certain product more than another location. And oh. being able to treat each location as a separate audience is so valuable because yeah. then they can feel like you're talking directly to them. Yeah. Everything wants, everyone wants something, you know, personal, personal and customized to them. And so, you know, we, we see that with the, the, um, you know, Google homes and all of that. And I don't want to say her name because she'll react. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's that way with advertising too. So yeah, yeah that's really great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Thanks for taking time and for uh, sharing with us some of your expertise. We really appreciate it. No problem, Heather.
Once again, that was Sarah Snyder Castaneda. And I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that I learned a lot during her interview. So if any of you are listening and you're interested in real digital expertise, or if anyone is a current client looking to ramp up your digital success, please give us a call at 830-981-8222. This has been the Creative Noggin Podcast. See you soon.